This week on the Sport Blokes. This week, the Denver Nuggets are finally NBA champions. Trades and signings are plenty. And the Washington Wizards put on a fire sale to end all fire sales. <laughs> Some head-scratching moves. A lot of moves we haven't got to yet, but we will soon. Oh, let's go. It's 11.13 on Tuesday, the 4th of July, 2023. We don't need to dwell at the top here, do we, Stewie? We've already got over an hour of NBA content. Let's just get stuck in, hey? Yeah, fair enough. It doesn't look like it's going to be 11.14 anytime soon, so let's go. <laughs> now, since we recorded, there have been a few little things that have gone on. Damian Lillard officially made the trade request. There's some talk that James Harden may now stay in Philly. There's going to be some more turns coming along, and we'll talk about it soon enough. We've still got those draft episodes coming up with all our experts as well, so keep an eye out for that next time. But sit back, relax, and enjoy a lot of NBA talk. So, Shui, we've got to talk about the tremendous achievement that occurred in the NBA not so long ago. The Minnesota Timberwolves having a better run than the Denver Nuggets. Do you see that? The Carl Anthony oh, Towns, like, the guy, honestly. The guys, he's fucking tapped. Space he's, he's tapped yeah, oh, mate. Like, honestly. Who was it? It was him and... The last season, there was Pat Beverly yeah. celebrating like they'd won the NBA Finals. And this season, apparently, they had a better run than the Denver Nuggets. Mm. So, congratulations, Minnesota. Mediocre Timberwolves. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I do like Anthony Edwards, but uh, yeah. Ugh, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, well, yes. Anyway, no, Denver. Beat Miami, the uh, unlikely contenders. And they were okay. Now, I, I didn't see game five, I must admit, because we were traveling, but I saw four of the five. I honestly, would, I just couldn't give a shit about this final <laughs> Super like, If I'm brutally honest... It's one of the least enthused final series I can remember. It's sort of up there with that Golden State versus Cleveland where LeBron was the only one that was healthy, basically. Well, this is the interesting thing, though, because you were saying how you didn't want it to be Golden State or Boston. So you must have at least been happy that... I didn't, but at the same time, I looked at it and I was like, you know what, even with Miami sort of stealing one game in Denver, I still never felt like Miami was really in the series. It's you know I mean you look at the the score lines in most of these games now look game five was pretty close and it, it took a a pretty decent defensive effort down the stretch for Denver to hold Miami off but I don't know it's just you know game three fifteen point game game four thirteen point game even game one eleven so the the three of the four wins were by double figures there were some pretty impressive stats though two thirty point triple doubles Joker just did some crazy things throughout the entire playoffs and culminated in the NBA Finals. Oh, so yeah. he certainly etched his name in history. Jamal Murray was very excellent too. I mean, they showed why I've basically tipped a Denver-Milwaukee Finals every year since we've been doing the podcast. <laughs> because when they're healthy, they're fucking good. Yeah. And the last two seasons, they haven't been healthy. So it's it's a big. it kind of helps. Well, I think what we saw with Denver, I mean, obviously we know how deep they were. There were a few sort of concerns a little bit earlier in the playoffs about, you know, once they go to their bench, how they're going to be when you, you know, you're getting the the Jeff Greens and the the Christian Browns and the, you know, the the Bruce Browns of the world. All well, the they, they were fine. They pretty much played with an eight-man rotation all, all finals, all playoffs. Well, they did. And, and this is the thing, though, is that all of those role players played out of their skin. I mean, if you look at, okay, some of these guys, right. Now, I know... Jeff Green didn't play a huge amount of minutes and he played 65 minutes across the five games, but he had an 89-100-100 shooting clip in those finals. Yeah, right. Sure. Barely missed a shot. He missed one field goal attempt in the entire finals. So shot the ball like crazy. Aaron Gordon shot nearly 56% from three in the entire series. And this is a guy who... Now, okay, it's not a huge sample size, five of nine, but still... You know, those sorts of numbers are, are really good. Joker, nearly a 60-42-84 clip. So, again, shooting the lights out. And and it's so weird. It's, so he averaged 30-14-7, and seven, and that was almost a disappointment. The only seven assists. Yeah. And he had one and a half blocks too. Yep, that's it. Wow. You know, other little, like, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, again, you know, he's a guy that, like, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, had a, had a horror series shooting from the field, but did other things, you know, one and a half steals a game, over a block a game. So, you know, he's, he's contributing in other ways. Oh, and he had some big shots throughout the course of the playoffs. It was a very important piece for that team. So, big you know, defender. So so they had guys... And look, this wasn't a very good shooting series. I mean, if you look at, for the whole, I guess, 
you know, Denver shot under 50% from the field, uh, 40% from the field for Miami. Both teams were shooting very, very subpar from three. So, you know, those little extra efforts that, you know, the extra deflections, the steals, the blocks, those extra turnovers that you can cause are super important. And one of the things we talked about last time was how it was a bit disappointing that Caleb Martin didn't win MVP. And you think that even more now because he had a pretty uneventful finals, didn't he? So kind of perhaps the professional peak of his entire career, and obviously I hope I'm wrong because I actually quite like him, might have been those Eastern Conference finals against Boston where he really probably did deserve to be the MVP and he just didn't have a good finals, did he? Yeah. I mean, you feel for Miami, they were obviously... I say snake bitten with injury, but well, Tyler Hero being out didn't help. Tyler Hero was massive, and I mean, for a, a team that shot thirty four percent from three, having a guy like Hero who is you know a pretty decent percentage on high volume would have been pretty useful. Obviously, Kevin Love wasn't quite a hundred percent, so you couldn't get quite the same out of him. As you said, yeah, Caleb Martin shot horrifically. Max Struess, 18% from deep in the series. Yeah, you know, this is a guy that they've relied on. I mentioned in a previous episode that. They need him to step up. He did nothing. Basically. They needed everyone to step up to have any chance at all, I well, think. They did. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that shot sub 40% from the from the field, not just from three, from the field, Gabe Vincent, guy that played big minutes all the way throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, sub 40%. Caleb Martin, sub 40%. Max Strew, sub 25%. Wow. And Kevin Love, sub 38%. So, you know, a lot of these guys that they're relying on to be Big time scorers in terms of even Jimmy was kind of Jimmy was okay forty one percent yeah so again, not yeah. not a high like he's not a guy who's going to come out and shoot fifty five percent from the field but again like all of these numbers were were down and in a series where you know really they had to do everything right yeah they game. they had to catch lightning in a bottle to even have a chance let's face it yeah and good on them for pinching that first game because that's not easy to do but, but nowhere near enough yeah no. yeah. No, it's a special team, and and I I think Denver should be favourites heading into next season. Well, it's interesting because they've lost Bruce Brown already. We'll true, that is true. That's fair. We'll, we'll get into the the free agencies. There's been a lot of stuff going on, but yes, Bruce Brown was always going to get paid after that performance right throughout the playoffs and the season as well. So yeah, he's getting his bag now. He's left. Does now put a little bit more pressure on guys like Christian Brown, funnily enough, and seeing whether. Yeah, he can take the next step and become that really reliable scorer and, I guess, facilitator to a lesser extent. But, they'll, I mean, people will want to play with Denver. True. They'll want to play with Joker. They'll want to play with the Nuggets. They'll want to play for a contender. The Some of the salary cap stuff doesn't kick in until 2024, so they can have a bit more flexibility as far as getting those veteran guys. So, although that is a big loss for them, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a very handy veteran somewhere along the line before before playoff time. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you look at the salaries, Jokic, 33 million, Murray, about 31 million this year. Michael Porter Jr. is at nearly 31 million. So they do still have quite a lot of cap space, you know, in those three guys. Um, Aaron Gordon's 20 million, Caldwell Pope, 14. So they do have, a, they've still got a lot of money. Jeez, Gordon's probably a, a bargain at that at that price. At the moment, definitely. Yeah. And you'd ideally like Michael Porter Jr. to be around that number as well. So it, it does kind of limit, they're going to have to rely on maybe getting some guys on some minimum contracts. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there will be guys who will want to play for that ring who will take minimum contracts, especially people that have been around longer. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I think they should be favourites heading into at this point. Oh, they're absolutely up there. I mean, yeah. they'd be one of probably two or three teams in the in the West that I think you would pretty much put up there and say they're in that top tier, definitely. With Phoenix and LA, or uh, oh, look, Phoenix is definitely one of the other ones. But I mean, again, there's other things we can sort of talk about with them. And yeah, I don't know. Then maybe it's it's a little bit of a logjam. Yeah, well, Sacramento will be interesting. I think. Yep. Golden State will be interesting. Well, should we get should we get on to to all the the trades and the, the craziness? Yeah, 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 yep. So free agencies opened and closed. nearly closed. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a few, You've got the list there. Yeah, there's a few trades to get through first. We'll kind of go through those. So going back to the 18th of June, the Washington Wizards get Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, multiple second round picks, and multiple pick swaps in exchange for Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. Mm. What do you make of this one? 
Well, obviously, Chris Paul has now moved on again. So I guess we kind of, we treat this one as basically a Washington salary dump of Brad Beal, basically. Yep. So $46 million contract coming up next year, I should say. That's what he's getting paid next year, is Bradley Beal. He's basically being paid big banana money when at best his ceiling is probably third banana. Maybe second, uh, but... Th- probably third banana on this Phoenix team, yes. I mean, behind Booker and Durant, you would you would say that's where he falls. Oh, yeah, yep. But, yeah, I mean... Do you win a championship if Bradley Beal's your second banana? You know he, what I mean? If he's, like, equal second banana, then yeah. possibly. Yeah. The, the biggest issue I have with this really comes down to the point guard situation. Now. Yes. Their entire point guard roster is campaign, and that's it. Well, you have to assume that Booker... And he did a pretty good job of it in the playoffs, it's got to be said. You have to think that Booker will be playmaking a fair bit and will be taking on some of those kind of point guard responsibilities a little bit, I think. Yeah. But the other issue is that, you know, you've now got three guys who want the ball in their hand a lot. Oh, high usage. Yeah. A yeah. Lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so yep. all of a sudden, yeah, you've, you've got a, whoever the point guard is, whether it's Payne, whether it's Booker, whether it's, it's Beal, you've now got to try and get enough touches for these guys and manage egos. And when you're trying to manage an ego and you're one of the guys with the ego, like Booker and Beal would be, it's it's tricky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, this, I don't think this was the best destination for Beal. I, I think Miami would have been quite a, a tantalizing prospect. I, I, I think, I tell you what, Phoenix are definitely going all in. They have four max guys when you include Aiton now. Aiton may still get traded. I actually think it would make a lot of sense for them to trade Aiton for multiple players to beef out their... Because I worry about their depth. They're very top-heavy. And the other thing about Brad Beal is he he doesn't play every game. I was surprised to hear. Like, he it's 60 or below most seasons lately. Yeah. Uh, we know that Durant has his share of injury problems. Yep. So I think that, that sometimes Beal's best uh, contribution to the team will probably be when Durant's injured, I dare say. So so he he helps cover them in that in that regard during the grind of a season. But I don't think they should be favorites and I think uh, it's fast this one's fascinating. I mean this is this is all in. This is like the Swans paying Buddy a shitload of money. You almost feel like if this team it's championship or bust, really. Yeah. And even if they win a championship, their future's kind of fucked anyway as well, you know what I mean? True. So they almost need to win multiple championships with this team. Look, I mean, it's possible. Durant's still playing at... Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, an incredible level. Booker's still pretty young. Beal's got a few years left on him as well. So, you know, they... I don't think it's quite as dire on the bench. Okay, so Campaign, Terrence Ross, Torrey Craig, Drew Eubanks. They've got other guys like... uh, They picked up Yuta Watanabe. They've got TJ Warren. Yeah, but what... I mean, TJ did nothing in the playoffs and... Correct. You know, so... he, He barely got minutes. Whereas during the regular season... I think there's there's more likelihood he gets a few more minutes. And look, new coach, oh look, he's a decent regular season player. New coach as well might be a new. Yeah, player. true, true, true. So true. look, I th- I think it's one of those trades that is very very interesting, and I think the chemistry issues we'll probably see them early in the season. But I think by the time it gets to the playoffs, you'd hope that they would have figured it out. Yeah, I, I would still expect them to be a top three team in the West, but I mean. I dare say they'll be potentially a better 2K team than a better real-life team. Possibly. A lot of fun to play with on, on you know, on your PlayStation or your Xbox. But yeah. well, They'll be incredible offensively. You would, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. You can't leave anyone open. Defensively, we'll see. Yeah, and and going on the new coach thing, maybe that's what Aiton needs if they do keep him because clearly him and Monty Williams, they weren't even talking at the end, apparently. Mm. So, yeah, yeah he, he, needs, he needs a bit of a change of scenery in one way, shape, or form, by coach or by place. Yep. Now, you've mentioned this already, Now, Four days later, Chris Paul traded to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole, 2030 first-round pick, which is top 20 protected, and a 2027 second-round pick. Yeah, so it almost feels like Washington finally wised up and then a few days later took on another shitty contract of a guy who doesn't play defense and does fuck all in the playoffs. I mean, well, like... How do you feel if you're this Washington? Like, first of all, they're tanking one year too late. Yep. Obviously. But are they tanking? 
Like, are they better? Like, it goes back to that, and sorry to remind you, but it goes back to those conversations we continually had where I keep saying to you, mate, the Thunder are too good. They're too good, you know? I, I wonder if this keeps them in mediocrity. Like, oh, man, I've, I, this one's a bit of a head-scratcher for me on both counts, actually. We'll get to the Chris Paul stuff in a sec as well, but... Yeah, I look, I mean, the Golden State side of things, I get it. They want, I mean, they want to get rid of Jordan Paul. He was a distraction. There was obviously a whole bunch of unrest in that team pretty much the moment that he... Well, the punch. Pretty much the moment that Draymond Green hit him in the face. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, Chris Paul's an interesting one because you've already got one of the greatest point guards in the history of the NBA in your starting five, and you're picking up another one who's 37, basically. So, so this is what's interesting for me. So I, I was saying late last season, or I, I think we probably both were, they probably had to get rid of one of Thompson or Green. Now, in my opinion, they should have kept Green. I think he's a more useful player on that team. I still think he's an absolute elite defender. I I, I know you're not a fan at all, no, and I'm not a big fan of of parts, you know, of his. I guess I don't know how personality. Fits their system. He's a fucking good player, he and it, and he's a he got a lot of mongrel in him. He fits their system. Kerr trusts him. Uh, the, the Chris Paul thing would make way more sense to me if they hadn't kept Draymond because Draymond basically runs their offense. Yep. So, so they have, so it's another usage thing. Why, so, I mean, I've heard Bill Simmons talk about maybe it's basically for the playoffs and it's just like, Hey, Chris, you know, chill for the first 50 games of the season and we'll ramp you up as we head into the playoffs. But I don't know. Is he a good fit? I think he would have been a really good fit in Boston. I think he could have been a good fit in Miami. I think he could have been a good fit even in a place like Minnesota. Uh, now, obviously, there's salary cap implications, but uh, this it's a bit of a head scratcher for me, given that they've kept Draymond. Oh, exactly. And, and what I'm saying is, like, without even thinking about Draymond, they've already got an All NBA first team caliber point guard on their team with Steph. Well, and we know Steph can play off the ball, though, so so can. that's okay. He can. But now you've got two guys playing off the ball with Curry and Thompson, and Draymond's pretty much going to be standing in the corner doing nothing so it's it, well unless he keeps initiating but yeah yeah, so yeah. Well, Chris is, Paul might be doing a lot of nothing it is an interesting one I, I completely agree it's a weird fit but again you know could you argue that too much talent isn't enough and if you're Washington do you want Jordan Paul on your team I mean like Golden State will be laughing clearly they overpaid for a guy who didn't pan out he did show a lot of promise but he plays no defense yeah I mean teams were just keying in on him in the playoffs last season, let alone this season. I mean, by the end of this season, he wasn't really playing meaningful minutes for them against the Lakers in the playoffs. Mm. I don't know. I, I He's a bit of a Bradley Beal type player. A guy you're overpaying, scores a lot of points, is good in the regular season when you're playing a team on the third night of back-to-backs or the third game in four nights or whatever. Mm. But come playoff time, I wouldn't want him on my team. I just I don't, wouldn't even put him in the same class as Bradley Beal. I know what you're going for. No, yeah. Oh, no, he's not. He's clearly, I agree. He's not as good. Well, and that's the thing, right? So so they've got rid of one overpaid player. I don't know. I, I This one I find a bit odd. Yeah, it's a bit of a head scratcher. And look, we'll see. I mean, I guess Paul's 24. It gives them a slightly younger player to kind of work with. Some- that's true. That's true. Yeah, he is young. Because they do have essentially now a fairly young core. Yes. Um, if you know, if you look at the, the players that they've kind of drafted over the last couple of years. Um, oh, I like some of those, like Advia and, and yeah. yeah, I like some of the young guys. Um, But, you know, and, and the other thing as well is they've just given a big contract to Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, so- I found that a bit odd too. But I have a feeling that they might trade him by the deadline. Maybe. I have a feeling he's the sort of player that teams will want come deadline time for defense. And that's the other thing about Chris Paul and Bradley Beal for that matter. Like, why wouldn't you wait till the deadline when you can get more for them? They're way more valuable when teams panic because they have an injury or they think they're in a window because another team has an injury. Maybe they looked at it and said, well, Chris Paul doesn't have an injury now. So yeah, maybe. Trade him before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, trade him before a soft tissue happens. You just never no, know. it's a fair point. It's but, a fair uh, point. But yeah, look, it, it's very interesting with Washington. And there's still another obviously massive, massive trade to talk about. So this one goes back the day before that Chris Paul trade. The Boston Celtics get Chris Saps, Porzingis, a 2023 first round draft pick, which was number 25 in the draft, 
and the 2024 first round pick via Golden State, which is top four protected. Washington Wizards get Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Mascala, and the number 35 pick in this year's draft. The Memphis Grizzlies get Marcus Smart. So basically, Washington were facilitating salary trades, really. Yep. I think this one made sense for me at the time. And then the John Collins trade happened. And again, okay, I don't know the cap sheets, so maybe this is all moot. But John Collins was traded for nothing. Mm. Nothing. If teams like the Celtics knew that you could get him for basically, what, second rounders? Or Rudy Gay in a few yeah, like, yeah, like the Celtics could have... Like the Celtics could have got John Collins for nothing, and then they could have maybe used Marcus Smart for something else. I think I think trading Marcus Smart was the right thing to do. Heart and soul guy, obviously defensive player of the year, really important part of that team. There'll be a lot of fans that will be really sad about that, and I get that. Mm. But Derek White, there's kind of there's a lot of duplication. They had a lot of guards on their team. Derek White's an excellent defender too. By the way, he's chopped all his hair off. He's, oh, he's bald now. Yeah. Oh God. I saw a photo today. Yeah. Does he? He basically just looked like a. Oh no! no it suited him. Like the screen at a drive-through movie theater. <laughs> Gee whiz. I won't go there. But anyway, there you go. First Do one. Do you know what? He actually looks better than. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That suits him. He looks he good. Actually makes his forehead look smaller. Yeah, yeah. He looks good. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go to the third umpire on pictures. Oh dear. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Just don't don't look up any pictures of uh, the lady related to Zion Williamson. You might see something oh. that's a bit uh, risque. Oh, no, this is a work. No, laptop, we, yeah, 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 no, not on the work laptop. Yeah. So I don't know. What 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 do you think? Okay. There's there's a few things really. So, yeah, I agree with you entirely. I think Marcus Smart had to go. It was definitely the right time. The, the thing I love about Boston and the reason I love the fact they made this move is that, as you say, they've got Derek White, they've got Malcolm Brogdon, they've got Peyton Pritchard. They've kind of almost got a logjam of guards who are, are really, really solid. We know that Derek White's a great defender. Malcolm Brogdon's a pretty solid defender as well. They're way better shooters than smart. So Brogdon was 44% from deep last year. He just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, White was 38. Smart was only 33 on nearly six attempts. So they're getting a better shooter. I actually reckon I reckon that uh, White is a better point guard than Smart too. Yeah, I mean, look, Smart does certainly racks up he, a lot of assists. He's capable, yeah, but yeah, average about six assists a game, which is not bad. White can do the same thing in forty minutes a game. But also, like on a team where a lot of it is just give the ball to Brown and Tatum and get out of the way, it's you know it doesn't really create a great system for averaging nine or ten assists a game. So, no. so yeah, I think definitely they've created a a really good opportunity for White to step in as the starter. Rogden does what he does off the bench and whoever's playing better down the stretch plays. And then you've got the rest of the team built around that with Tatum Brown, Porzingis, and then either Horford or Robert Williams, whoever is kind of healthy. It's it's interesting because Williams had all the injuries last year. Yeah, Williams struggles to stay on the court. Horford's 30, what, 38, 110? I don't know. He's, oh, he, he's, he's, he's a bit like Udonis Haslam nearly. Like he's getting on a lot. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest thing for me is like the one condition that Boston wins this trade is Paul Zingas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's missed 254 of his 656 games. That's nearly 40%. Yeah. Like 39.1% or something. He's only played more than 66 games once, and that was his rookie season. Wow. And if, if he's not healthy and he's not out on the court, then this trade doesn't really help them, obviously. I, I mean, it goes without saying, but... He does need to be on there. And if he's on the court, look, Boston will be tough to beat. Yeah, no, as a stretch big. It's an interesting piece. It's an interesting piece. I like the trade for Boston. I think I think they had to do something. Yep. Because even though they were perhaps ahead of schedule, they're making a lot of conference finals and the NBA finals last year. Kind of had to mix it up a little bit. Again, some of the diehard fans would probably be really sad to see Smart go because he spent his whole career there and he's been there for quite some time. But I think that was the right move. It's a great fit for Memphis as well. Yes, well, we haven't even talked about Memphis. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they have to deal with Ja Morant missing a quarter of the season. Well, more, yeah. Yeah, or slightly more. Was that 25? 25 out of 18. Yeah, yeah, so so slightly more. Yeah, it's just under a third, basically. So so some veteran leadership as well, I think, is really important. So I think this is just as much for chemistry and 
for hopefully getting Morant back on the straight and narrow as anything. Yep. Yeah. So here's the thing. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., current defensive player of the year. Marcus Smart, defensive Former. player of the year last year. Yeah. This yep. is the first time in NBA history that you've had well, it's certainly the first time you've had back to back winners on the same team. Unless the same person. But and I'm I'm not even sure that there's been a team that's ever had two defensive player of the years on the same. I would have to have a look, but yeah, I can't have happened often. I can't imagine it would have happened. No, no. Uh, unless maybe back in the day we're going further back than mm, our memories. Not even because it only started in like the mid eighties, basically. Oh, so that like or the, or the early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was like Alvin Robertson was the first guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so well, no, it might've been Sydney Moncrief actually, but anyway, this, yeah, this fit for them. So having those two defensive players, so their defense straight away is improved which is a good thing. You know, they, they need those guys on there that can, that can sort of shut teams down. Obviously they lost Dylan Brooks. They did. So Marcus Smart is kind of, it's not like for like completely, but it's, it's, it's similar type of player. Yep. But they've also picked up Derek Rose. So between Rose, Smart and Morant, they've got themselves a, a really nice trio of point guards. Yeah. How much can you rely on Rose though? I mean, you know, I mean, if he comes in and, but know, the veteran leadership yeah, thing. Yeah. If you yeah. For 15 minutes. He's he's going to give you solid sort of stuff. I mean, okay, he's not MVP level Rose, but he's he's still going to be decent. So, well, you hope so. I don't know. I don't know any more about Rose, but I just I'd love to see him still contribute. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And he showed flashes in New York and he showed flashes here and there, but yeah. But I think with Smart, I mean, obviously, we know what Tyus Jones is. He's a, he's a steady, reliable guy. He's a high assist to turnover ratio guy, but he's, as I said, he's steady. He doesn't really. He's young too. He He's not very experienced. Veer out of his lanes much at all. So you know what you're going to get with him. With Smart, okay, you're going to get some turnovers, but you're also going to get, you know, some high octane sort of stuff. He's going to help them push the pace. They were the fifth fastest team in the league in terms of pace. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes them up into that top two. And I, I thought I think Memphis is going to be really fun. It's all just going to depend on whether Morant comes back. Well, that's right. Can, can be any sort of good. Morant's the wild card there. Yeah. Yeah. And look, obviously for Washington, I mean, that's kind of the completion of the fire sale to an extent. They've kind of turned Kristaps Porzingis into a solid... Jordan Paul and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, like a solid backup in Jones, a solid backup centre in Muscala, 34-year-old Gallinari. He hasn't played 70 games in a season since 2012-13. It's, it's, they don't really get much out of oh, it. I wouldn't be surprised if they waived... Gallinari and and Muscala, to be honest, so possible. maybe to fill out the roster. It's but possible. I think Jones is the the pace there that they'd be interested in. But mm. but yeah, yeah watch. Well, I don't know what Washington's thinking. Porzingis for Jones. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much as you say. It's, it's a salary dump. It's getting rid of the guy who didn't want to be there. So yeah, it's a, it's a big trade. The last little piece for Washington as well. They sent Monte Morris to Detroit for a second round pick and a trade exemption. I, I like the trade for Detroit. I like it. Morris is from Flint. Morris is handy. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's a Michigan boy. So he's he's from literally an hour up the road. He is going to give, I mean, obviously Detroit is a really young team. So he gives a little bit of veteran leadership. Okay. He's maybe not the greatest leader out there. No, he's been around for a while now though. Yeah. yeah. He knows the ropes. He can kind of help these guys through it. And look, he's a solid scorer. Yeah. No guard depth for the guard depth. I don't yeah. mind it. Yeah. I don't mind it. Not bad. Yeah, and second round picks. I mean, if you use them well, Washington trade exceptions. I mean, trade exceptions. I heard Ryan Rosillo talking about how infrequently they're used. Mm. So people get excited about them, but I think they're only oh. used like ten percent of the time or something. Like they're not used very often. I don't even get excited about second round picks being. No, crazy. well, yeah, yeah. Not unless you're going to package. Nikola Jokic was a second round pick. True. So was Manu. Yeah, yeah. So it was so were numerous players. Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a few, but anyway, I mean. I don't get that excited because no, no. the frequency of them, uh, Michael Red, there's another one for you. Yes, yeah, well, we've been looking at some yeah, of those uh, late 90s, early 2000s drafts have. before we hit record. A few more trades just to quickly smash through. Oklahoma City picked up Victor Oladipo today for draft compensation and a trade exception. So more random stuff. Yeah, I guess is it just a bloke that's going to be buried on the bench and plays no minutes and Probably. is maybe there for veteran leadership? And, I think so. I mean, he did nothing for Miami. Miami could have used him in the finals. Yeah, but he's a you know a shade. Of, well, we're talking about Jerick Rose, another one of those players that's just never been the same post injury. Obviously, he never reached the heights that Jerick Rose did, but no. he was what 
was an all-star. Yeah, he, he was decent. You he, know. Was a, he was definitely an all-NBA third-team player as well. So and he, he might have been rookie of the year with Orlando. So He was up there. Yeah. He would have been up there, yeah. The Nets sent Joe Harris and a 2027 and 2029 second-round pick to Detroit for a trade exception. Probably similar to the Morris thing, I guess, isn't it? It's good to have that guard depth on the bench. Good three-point shooter. Yeah, pretty handy. I mean, Detroit 35% from three last season as a team, which is in the bottom 10. So yeah, yep. they could definitely use a guy who can certainly spread the floor a little bit more like a Joe Harris. I mean, Harris wasn't really that great last season. He was also coming off an injury, so struggled a little bit. Yeah, look, Detroit are going to be shit again. There's probably no two ways. Oh, yeah, that. no, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. They're building. Now, this is the head scratch. You did mention it before. Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick to Atlanta for John Collins. I hate this trade. Yeah, I mean, Collins has been on the the block for, what, five seasons, it feels like. And when the Spurs were still decent, well, we'd probably be decent this season, I think. But... Uh, when when the Spurs were still decent with DeRozan and whatnot, I actually kind of wanted us to maybe try and get him. I, I quite liked him as a player. I've called on him a little bit over the last year or two, but he's handy. And as I say, I mean, if he was that cheap, I, I'm surprised there weren't more contenders going after him if the price for him was that little. Yeah. I don't know. What's his what's his pay? I don't know if if the money scared people away, but it's a bit of a steal for the Jazz. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, they're I mean, almost a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a five-year, $25 million a season deal, so 125 mil over five years. That's not too it's, bad in the in the new cap world with the TV money coming in soon too. Yeah. I would have thought that's a reasonable salary for him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that certainly a couple of seasons ago, you would have said he was a guy who, you know, was was constantly like a double-double threat. You know, had that one year where he was a 21-10 and 10 guy. Borderline All-Star. Shooting 40% from three. Like, yeah, yeah. He has... That's around when I wanted the Spurs to get him. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of dropped off. And I mean, look, last season wasn't amazing. Having DeJounte Murray in there, kind of a little bit more ball-dominant backcourt than, I guess, what they previously had. That's maybe, maybe why they looked at it. But yeah, he's got better value than Rudy Gay in a second round. Oh, yeah. And look, you know, Rudy Gay was a very handy player for a long time, but he's a very yeah, old the, player. In the than... 1970s. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, I don't know, a guy who can block shots, a guy who... Super athletic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a yeah. guy who can finish on a pick and roll. Yep. I just, I don't know why you wouldn't put a slightly higher price tag on him. I mean, even if you said, look, a future first round pick, maybe not unprotected, but... You know, a lottery protected first rounder, and I don't know. You got to get more than that. I I'm astonished that they didn't get more than that. Yeah, yeah. astonished. Very disappointing. Yeah. A couple more. Dallas getting up the number twelve pick, Derek Lively the second. Oklahoma City picking up Case and Wallace and Davis Bertans. It's it's an interesting one. OKC could certainly use the shooting. Uh, I dare say, you can never have too many shooters in this day and age. Well, Wallace, I mean, on the draft coverage, JJ Redick was really high on him. A lot of people, um, Jay Billis was too, said he was one of the most NBA-ready players in the entire draft and said he was NBA-ready defensively immediately. Yep. So I almost, feel, I almost feel like the bloody Thunderer have got another steal here yet again. Yeah. But a lot of people were quite high on Lively too. Uh, so I think I think it might be quite a decent draft actually. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I... I yeah, as I watched the first, I only saw the first round. I kind of, unfortunately, after the holiday, had a lot to get through with the ashes on and the footy and this, that, and the other. So I never got to see the second round. But I kind of like the trade for OKC. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Look, Bertans has kind of had a down couple of seasons. You know, he was really, really good in Washington after he left San Antonio. And he showed flashes. In, I quite liked him in San Antonio. And I mean, I guess. Obviously, OKC have a lot of rookie contracts and you've got to pay someone, don't you? So he's he's sneaky athletic. He'll, you know, he'll come across and block shots from the weak side on occasion. There won't be much pressure on him. So so this this could be, I mean, I, I suspect that Wallace is the centerpiece of the trade, but Bertans could could end up being quite handy too. I mean, again, you go back a couple of seasons ago, he was a guy who was averaging 15. Okay, yes, it's with Washington, but He's a guy that can put up numbers. You know, he's a career 40% three-point shooter, which that's pretty much his bread and butter. I mean, 
about 80 something percent of the shots that he takes are from three. Well, that first year with Washington showed why I was a bit disappointed when we traded him, to be honest. Yep. And now they probably overpaid him and it, it did turn out to be a good trade in the end, as far as we were concerned. But no, I think it could be handy. And and I absolutely think that the Thunder will be competing for that bottom half of the, the top eight slash yep. play-in region. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And I think Utah will too. No, look, I trust our front office. They are very good at what they do. Oh, yeah. They seem to have done a good job for the last few years. Oh, yeah, definitely. We no, no, see. they're placed very, very well. Very well. And then, look, the last one, it's just a draft day trade. We'll talk about the draft in a, a future episode when we've had a bit more of a chance to digest it. Yeah, I might try and watch the second round. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've been away. I've had pretty busy stuff going on at work. So, uh, so Indiana pick up the number eight pick overall, which is Jarris Walker, 2028 second round pick from Phoenix and another one from Washington the same year. Washington pick up the number seven overall pick, Bilal Koulibaly, who, from uh, all accounts, quite a handy player. Yeah, well, as I was kind of keeping an eye on the draft, because I do love the draft, and that's one of my favourite times of year, and I love following the coverage, there's a lot of a lot of people were very high on Koulibaly and what he could bring to the table. So I think that could be uh, quite a nice little pick for them. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bit to give up to move down the spot. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Or move up a spot, rather. But, uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting one. Hmm. So, look, there's going to be more trades. We know that, well, we assume there'll be more trades. I shouldn't say that there will be. There, well, we, James Harden. True, yes. So he's opted in only to be traded. Where the fuck's he going to go? Who who wants him? Who will want James Harden at 35 mil a year? Poison chalice, as you always well, say. Well, I mean, like, what? Like, that's a really interesting one, that one. Yep. And and do they trade him right away or, or do they... Do they hold on to him and maybe give him away at the deadline? Mm. But I mean, if they're not careful, they'll be rebuilding again soon. Yep. Because if Embiid decides he's had enough there, that's a really precarious one, the 76ers. Trade for Zion. Well, yeah, that's one of those shuffling <laughs> deck chair kind of trades. No. Yeah. But I mean, would would the Pelicans want James Harden? Oh no. I don't think they want either. I mean, I think the 76ers would probably be laughing if they could get Zion for him, but I don't think, yeah, but I, I, I don't, I don't know where I, don't, I cannot think of a good deal for him and the Sixers. Mm. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah, will be. Oh, Jesus, there's so many, <laughs> so many re-signings to run through. There's, there's, I mean, Desmond Bain. I think Memphis overpaid slightly. Five-year, two hundred and seven million dollar max contract extension. Uh, he's a he's a good player, twenty point a game guy. Well, that's right, and he plays deep. I actually really like Desmond Bain. I think, I think maybe with the TV money coming in and stuff. I mean, it seems like a shitload of money, and it is a shitload of money. I mean, it's a fifth of a billion dollars, but I don't know if it's that unfair a contract. To be honest, I I think he could be. How? I think he'll continue to be really good for them, and uh, uh, they're building a good core there. Do you reckon his arms are like what half a foot long? Oh, he's a big guy. He's got the shortest arms I reckon I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you meant the the the. Uh, oh no, he's got like obviously the muscles. The guns, big, yeah, that, that yeah. Probably makes them look shorter than they are. But yes, yeah. that's true. I think you're right. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that he's not worth decent money. I think he's maybe worth thirty million a year, but maybe not forty. Well, he averaged twenty-one, five, and four. And Memphis were a number two seed. Yeah. So you're gonna have to pay Morant soon, though. He's also been a very good three point shooter. I, I think it's I don't know. I think it's about ten million more than I'd have paid. Yeah, I, I, I think they kind of had to do it to keep him, to be honest. Mm. And obviously Dylan Brooks leaving. I'm not as down on that as some people are. Yeah, no, um, uh, I don't know. See, no, fair enough. I mean, you know, see, like Tyrese Halliburton signed a five year max contract that's probably about two sixty. I would rather pay him that sort of money. And I know that's a little bit more than what Bain's on, but I'd rather pay Halliburton that sort of money. Yeah, see, that's interesting. I, I think as as high the props are for Halliburton, I think Bain's a little bit more proven. Uh, I mean, Halliburton's already been an all-star. Well, Bain. he's never played in the playoffs. Yeah, no. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I think Halliburton will have a very good career. I mean, this is a guy that's averaging 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's their, he's their star. He's yeah. their corner piece now. Basically 21 in 10 assists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40% three-point shooter. He's been a 40, 40% plus guy from three all three seasons. But look at, look at Bain's three-point shooting. Oh, look, I'm, I'm sure it's very, very similar. Oh, it is. It is. But I just, like, would you rather have Bain as 
your like maybe not your first guy, but like your second guy, or Halliburton is your first. So I don't know. I don't know. I would uh, look either way. I think high forties there for Bain shooting threes. Oh, uh, not because our our, list, our listeners can't. Well, you not you flick through 40s, it very quickly. Forty three and forty one. Yeah. Season. Okay. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Look, either way, I, I think the amount of money these guys are getting is obscene. Oh, it is. No I mean, two ways it's just it. going up and up and up, isn't it? There's a few other ones. Fred Van Vliet, three-year, $130 million contract with the Rockets. I guess they had to pay someone. Absolutely. But... I was surprised to see he was 29. Mm. NBA champion, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I like the, the deal. Yeah, I like the deal. As you say, yeah, they've got to pay somebody that yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, they can't give the money to these rookies. Better so, paying him than James Harden. Yep. That's for sure. Absolutely. They don't want any piece of that guy again. So, yeah, I definitely like that. Right, what do you think about the Cam Johnson deal? Four years, $108 million. Oh, I think that's – I think in today's day and age, I think that's that's quite good. I think, obviously, he's exceeded his expectations. People were surprised when Phoenix picked him where they did. He's actually the sort of player I thought the Spurs might look at giving their cap space to. I think that's a reasonable, a reasonable contract. Yeah. That's fair. Look, I mean, he's shown glimpses, definitely, of what he can do. We know he's a, an amazing knockdown shooter. We know he's a guy who's you know pretty athletic. He's got good size. That Brooklyn team, probably not expecting huge things for them this season. No, they can kind of build gradually and, and organically, I think. Yeah, so I think, yeah, him and um, Bridges could Bridges be Bridges and Cam Thomas as well. Yeah, it could be quite a nice young nucleus. So yeah. I, I don't mind that deal. Yeah, you're right. It's just one of those things mentally trying to get past. Four-year, $108 million sounds like... Well, this is the thing. This is exactly. This is the thing. We can't... It's not 2005 anymore. Mm. And we and, and it kind of almost goes back to Bain as well. We can't have the thoughts we would have in 2000. Like, the league's salary cap has exploded over a couple of times in that time. So I, I think that's quite a reasonable deal. And uh, I think I'll be surprised if he doesn't live up to that. And exceed it actually. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other guys that have signed similar. You know, Draymond Green, four year, 100 million. Kyle Kuzma, four year, 102 million. So there's a few guys getting similar sort of money. Um, a couple of guys I did want to just talk about. Well, can we start there first? So Draymond, okay, yeah. it's kind of like last ditch kind of. They've realized that Wiseman didn't pay off. They've realized that Paul didn't pay. Their younger players haven't really paid off. So they'll stick with their veteran core and go for one or two more runs, which is fair enough because there's every reason to believe Steph Curry is going to be bloody good for a while. As I said, Draymond's still bloody good. Well, that's, yeah. And look, do you know what? I'm going to stop you there. He's bloody good in that system. And I've said this a hundred times and I'm, I'm not saying this to you because I know you... Oh, well... Kind of agree. I think if you put him in Detroit, he'd be shit. I honestly believe that. Oh, he's definitely one of those players that is going to play better on a better team, yeah. but that's true of most players. Of course, but I'm because just, of I'm, the people around them. I'm just saying, if you put him, I on, do know what you're saying. Yeah, you put him on a team that isn't like surrounded by two of the most elite shooters. In, yes, in the history of the game, you can't rely on him to score. Exactly. You can't bring him in. You wouldn't sign him as as your star player. Mm. He's the third banana. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, props to him. Yeah. He's, well, he runs the offense and yeah. he plays very good. D. He does very good. Yeah, so so I, I'm fine with that deal. I still wonder if Clay's the odd man out. I don't know. The second apron stuff, mm. it's very punitive. Very punitive. So I listened to the Sports Business Classroom episode today with Larry Kuhn, the CBA expert, and Sean Marks. Oh, sorry, not Sean Marks. <laughs> Bobby Marks from ESPN. So I learned a little bit about the new CBA. By the way, teams found out the full detail not long before. Remember there was similar stuff in the AFL where like key details of collective bargaining wasn't released to teams. Mm. It's weird that this shit goes on. Anyway, so I learned a little bit. Yes, it's very punitive. And so teams like Phoenix, teams like Golden State, teams like the Clippers, geez, I tell you what, you could wreck your team for a long time when you're swinging for the fences with these big deals and high salaries. Mm, definitely. But I think I think Golden State had to do it. Now, Kuzma, on the other hand, I don't know. Why would Washington would Washington want to pay a guy like that that much? I, I, he's got to be. That's got to be for a trade, right? Surely. I mean, it might almost be one of those you got to pay someone sort of deals. Yeah, well. maybe. Well, maybe. I, I get the impression that they've signed him knowing full well he will be wanted by a contender come deadline time. Possible. That's my hunch. That's possible. That's my hunch. 
couple of other ones. We've kind of spoken about Bruce Brown, two-year, $45 million contract with Indiana. Got Cash his, in. Got his bag. Yeah, I yeah. Do not have a problem. No, with man, that. either. Good on him. Got your ring. Now, yep. now get your money. Yep, absolutely. It's worth it, definitely. Yep. Five-year, $160 million contract for Jeremy Grant. What do you reckon? Yeah, I used to really like Jeremy Grant a few seasons ago. And he's earned a lot of money over the years. He's done very well for himself. That's a lot of money, though. Yeah, it's it's weird. And it could just be the fact that he's playing for Portland. Because we're not really... When he was playing with OKC, we were seeing him a little bit more. When he was playing with Denver, we were seeing him, obviously, on some of these nationally televised games. When you, you think about the fact that the last three seasons, he's averaged 22, 19, and 20, you know, he, he is putting up good numbers, but he's doing them on bad teams. Yes, and so I think this is one of these ones where he's just, he's a beneficiary of the fact that Portland is shit right now. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting, Portland is such a fascinating situation as well. Because have they truly decided what they're going to do? I don't think they even know what they... I think they're hedging their bets right I, now. They kind of are. And I think, I, I dare say, it's probably time to trade Dame. Well, yeah, I mean... While he still has a lot of value. I mean... They, they could get a bounty for him. Well, they've, I mean, they've got Scoot Henderson, they've got Anthony Simons. Yep, Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant's not exactly old. I mean, he's, what, 20, probably 27, 28. So they've got a, a lot of younger pieces. I think you're right. I think it may be time, him and maybe even Nurkic might be time to... Well, yeah, yeah. Nurkic, they need a better big guy. Like, I don't know what his price would be out on the market right now, but he's still a guy that's going to give you a double-double most nights. Yeah, oh, just defensively, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, look, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse could but yeah. yeah you're right i mean again he's another guy had that injury about three seasons ago hasn't quite been the same guy ever since you know sort of dropped from a guy who was giving you sort of 17 and 10 down to maybe 13 it's not a huge drop but considering they lost mccollum yeah know, i mean if is that a team that looks at Aiton if they if they keep time well that's a good call you know what i mean that's a good call i wonder what they'd be able to get away with trying to give up for him though that's yeah it's, it, look it's really tough because obviously he's played there his whole career he's a fan favorite i think he loves the city the city loves him but given what the Timberwolves gave up for rudy yeah. gobert i mean dame you lillard can't, you can't say that with a straight face can well you? you can't but dame lillard could command a fucking bounty he could and i think portland would be mad not to do it to be honest yep i think so a guy like danny Ainge, who funnily enough played for portland no sentimentality. He's a bit cutthroat. He does what you need to do. Yeah. And I think he would trade Dame. I think Brad Stevens would as well. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. yeah. He learned from Ainge. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's, look, there's so, you know, we could talk for another hour. No, we could. we could. I did want to just quickly, we'll round it out with one. Joe Ingles, two-year, $22 million with Orlando. Again, get that bag before it's too late. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Orlando's an exciting young team. I just think they have a logjam of point guards. Yeah, they do a bit. There's got to be an odd man out in the backcourt there because they drafted another point guard, didn't they? Didn't they get Anthony Black from memory? Yeah, they did, yeah. So they've got Cole Anthony. They've got Markel Fultz. They've got, uh, what's his name from Jalen, from Gonzaga? Jalen Suggs. Suggs. Yep. So there's got to be an odd man out there, I think, in the point guard. But no, good on Jingles. Would have loved to have seen him stay on a contender, but I think that Orlando team is a fun team. I think they could be very good pretty quickly too. Well, they could, yeah. I mean, they've picked up some really good guys. Yeah, I think Wagner was probably slightly better than I thought he'd be. Oh, yeah, definitely. Palo's exactly what we thought from him as well. Mo Wagner's been all right. Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, yeah, he's young. He's very young. Right. He's still very young. Good signs of life from Markel Fulks. And as you say, then you've got the Cole Anthony's, the Suggs. Um, Jet Howard apparently is quite good as well out of Michigan. So, yeah, there's there's kind of there, there was a bit of a school of thought that he went nearly ten picks too high as well, though. So, I mean, obviously, son of Jawan, it always helps to have those stocks. But fucking Bol Bol just sitting there. In the yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're going to be fun, Orlando. I, I still don't think they're going to be pushing for even a play in, but uh, oh, maybe. Not with that lineup. Oh, they'll be fun, but I don't think they'll be that good. I, they might. They might. I think you might be surprised. I don't think these I, young I teams. Think these young teams can sneak up on you. Yeah, I'll, I'll competing be, for a plane. I'm not saying it's a lock. I will give you OKC last season, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving you Orlando. I will eat my hat. Fair enough.
A couple more I think we got to talk about, Stuart, and I know there's a lot. Chris Middleton, I think the Bucks had to keep him. Oh, yeah. They're probably overpaid a little bit. I worry about maybe his body starting to break down. But when he's good, he's very good. Milwaukee's going to be an interesting team. They are. It, it all depends on whether Lopez stays. And yeah, that's huge. Talking yeah. about him buggering off potentially even to Houston. I mean... Well, Houston have paid a lot of money to Van Vliet now. I, he was actually a guy I was hoping the Spurs might look at. If Lopez goes, I think they drop two or three spots down the totem pole unless they can find someone. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I mean, you lose a good defensive centre. Hmm. When you're a contender, that's that's worth its weight in gold. And, and, a, and a guy who can shoot a pretty decent clip from... Dirt. Yes, that's right. Stretch. Stretch yeah, 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 yeah. And Pirtle was the other one. Like Obviously, he played with us previously. I, I thought, because I think the Spurs could would be smart to pair Wemby with a kind of defensive big. So that's why I think Lopez or Pirtle would have been really good. But for your 80 million to stay in Toronto is very reasonable, I think. I think that's a very good price. I think it is. I'm a big fan of his. I and think it's fair for both parties. Yeah, yeah. Having seen, having seen him uh, a fair bit with the Spurs... I really grew to love him, actually. So so I think he's a very handy player, and I think that's going to be a bargain. Now, then uh, the other one is Kyrie. I mean, Dallas, what the fuck are you doing, honestly? <sighs> it's like Harden. I mean... You're rolling the dice. Because you know with him, the ceiling is so fucking high. True. But you know the basement is so deep as well. Uh, yeah, like... well, and defensively, him and Doncic... Oh, it's hideous. It's absolutely hideous. Uh, I mean... <sighs> And obviously, they gave away Finney Smith, which we criticised big time at the time. I worry about Dallas's D. I do. Yeah, they might be the Alice Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is no good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a it's an interesting one because it's a lot of money to spend on a guy that not no one else was interested in. Yeah. It's similar to the Harden thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's such an interesting lineup, isn't it? You know, you the, the all the quality shooting. With a Seth Curry coming across, you know, you got Kyrie, you got Doncic, but then you look at their front court and it's like Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, and Rashawn Holmes. Like, yeah, why would you have him? Like, ah, oh, yeah, no. yeah, Rashawn Holmes doesn't particularly inspire me, he's a bit no. below the rim. No, Hardaway's a handy player, Bullock's a handy player. Start Christian Wood. Well, yeah, yeah, two seasons ago, he was this. Amazing shiny new thing. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, he was, he was buried. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, could go either way. It really could. It really could. Oh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they miss the playoffs. Oh well, yeah. I'm not saying they will. Done it once. Do it again. But yeah, Mm. I almost wonder if you dangle Doncic. I know. I don't think you can. It's desperate. I think he's one of the few untouchables in the league. Yeah, but well, I, I. yeah, if I was a Dallas fan, I wouldn't feel very inspired by that team, to be honest. Probably not. Plenty of other basketball going on. The Opal shut the bed today. We'll talk about the NBL at some point, so there's just too much going on. Yeah, the NBL's miles away. Yeah, it is. It is. So is the NBA, though. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, but free agency in the draft yeah. has just happened, so yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. All right, Stuart, you know what that music means. The marathon is complete. Yeah, we took, what, just under two and a half hours? God knows, this is going to be fun to edit. Yeah, it might be out by the time the third test is (laughs) over. Look, obviously, when you've been off for as long as we have, and we're used to doing this every week, it's going to take a while to get through all the stuff. NBA free agency has been crazy. Cricket, footy. We didn't even talk about the draft, which we will soon. Or the carbody. Well, that carbody. What's going on? So, no, there's, there's always a lot going on, though. We've done well. Big, big show. We've done all right. We've done all right. Until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Stu. We are the Sportplex.